You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. We're talking about the core essence difference between conservatives and liberals. So right now I'm talking about Barack Obama, and uh, I was saying uh, when I tune into his energy, I see this intelligent brain, gifted mouth, and charisma. But then I see no legs under him. Like he doesn't have experience, he doesn't have a foundation, he doesn't actually have a stand. He touts change, but that roves all over the place. He's not, he's not based in anything. And he doesn't have the experience of it. And if you look at it, he's like, we need to change everything. But when you look at like McCain, <clears throat> he's got like this extensive history of grounded, practical, dealing with problems and working through them. Yeah, forget age. Few matches vitality and sincere efforts in Congress. You always, for decades, you hear his name up front bringing up this solution, that that uh, um, uh, treaty or whatever. He's bringing it all up constantly, uh, and he's scrapping for it. So here's a man, uh, John McCain. He's in the core of change. And of trying to get things changed. He, he goes across lines like nobody's business. Barack Obama's is way liberal. He, they, some say that he's the most liberal, uh, con- or, or senator. McCain goes, uh, conservative, liberal, you know, we're talking political right now. So he rose. He's looking for truth. He's not set by any set standards. And I think, you know, I want to vote for somebody who, when something something doesn't follow their party, they're not just going to follow their party. They're going to follow what they think is right. And, you know, I love that in people. I love that in his um, oh friend, what's his name, up, up in the northern state. Up in Chicago? No. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Lieberman. I love that about him. They, you know, they're trying to find the truth. They're trying to find what they believe in, right or wrong, and, and go that way. And, you know, I'll go that way more than a party man anytime. So, Barack Obama is way associated by racism by minority. You know, like if it's by a majority, that's just heavy taboo. But minority, it's a sort of faddish or something. And I say racism is never good. And I'm concerned about such a heavy Negro bias towards Barack Obama because of skin. I, th- you know, I wonder if if Hillary had the skin or if McCain had the the dark skin, they would have all of that percentage of the black vote, 80, 90 percent. Something's wrong there. And you know, I'm all for uh, a black, white, red, yellow. Male, female, I don't care. We're looking for the quality of person who has the track record, uh, you know, and who's somebody who knows the Congress, knows the government, knows the Capitol Hill, knows the people there, knows how to make things happen there, has a great track record, has great character, has been tried and proven. That's what I'm looking for. So... Barack Obama says, you know, well, geez, I didn't know Reverend Wright was doing this. and uh, But, you know, you surround yourself with who you are. For instance, if you're a Catholic, you don't go around with Protestants. If you're a Democrat, you don't go around with Republicans. 
you know, that kind of thing. If you like needlework, you go around with people who like needlework. You see what I'm saying? So Barack Obama has been in this Reverend Wright's church with Reverend Wright doing his speeches with a lot of ego and a lot of racism for 20 years. He trusts that church and Reverend Wright so much that he raises his children in there. And now it's supposed to be okay that he splits himself from the church and says, oh, this is terrible what he's doing. Don't buy it. He's a slick willy, almost as uh, almost as good as Bill Clinton, maybe better. Both slick willies kind of guys. You know, they just sliver all around the place. He's got his children in that church. Do you think Barack Obama is that dumb that all these racist things and hateful things and anti-American things that Reverend Wright has been saying, Barack Obama doesn't have the same idea, same feelings? 20 years, you know, has Barack Obama not gone to church or what? You guys, you know, think. Are you done with all that? Yep. Okay. I have a very, very uh, sad story here to tell you about. And let's see, before we do it, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions, airing Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. So the article is called, Boy Flees Islamic School That Forces African Children to Beg. Boy, I'll tell you, this is an amazing story. I had no idea this was going on. You know, there's all kinds of human trafficking going on all around the world. Trafficking human beings for sex and for slavery and... Clean clean your house and do your yard and... You name it. And you feed them and house them and, and that's it. This is a particularly ugly story. And I was actually interested, Keith, in you tuning in on this Cali Maybe you, uh, Kali, C-O-L-I. Okay. Maybe you could tune in on that while I tell the story here and see Do how. Do you have a last name? No, I don't. They don't give okay. his last name anywhere. Is it C-A-L-I? C-O-L-I. Okay. And he's from Dakar, Senegal. Okay. Or actually he's from somewhere else. That's where he ended up doing the begging. Okay. But, so what happens is there's 1.2 million of the world's children are trafficked for the uh, to work for the benefit of others, uh, at least 7,600 children beggars work in the streets of Dakar, Senegal. Nine uh, percent of the boys are sent out to beg under the cover of Islam. I ask you, do you ever hear of this happening under the cover of Christianity or Hinduism or many of the other religions? No, Buddhism. Buddhism. Uh, Baha'ism, I mean, the list goes on. Jewish. Yeah, boys uh, who don't make the 72-cent quota per day are stripped, doused in cold water, and beaten. So these um, these teachers that are highly revered by the very, very poor people uh, in these countries, they have this belief that... Uh, it is a privilege to have their children go off into uh, into these places. They're apparently called schools, where they uh, for two hours a day they're taught the Koran. I guess years ago what they did is uh, how these kids paid for their schooling was by working the fields. 
So, you know, you would do school for a while and then work the fields, and it was sort of a balanced sort of thing. I think actually how it started was reasonable. How it's evolved is unreasonable. These kids now spend two hours a day and then uh, in school learning the Koran, memorizing it, and then they spend ten hours a day out begging. I've already told you what happens if they don't make their quota. It's not very pretty. These kids are sleeping on the floor in damp, cold, uh, wet, uncovers, no blankets, no bed, barely enough food to eat, etc. While the people who oversee them, the so-called teachers, these guys are sleeping in another room in a bed. They've got cell phones, pressed, newly freshly pressed clothes, uh, expensive Rolex watches, etc., 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 um, these kids that these guys teach that make that they may go out and do the begging for them, they're making in the neighborhood of $2 million a year by having these kids uh, do this begging for them. You want to know about Kali? Sure. When I ask about Kali, I close my eyes and immediately see the scene where he was royalty. You see these people holding these long poles with ostrich feathers fanning him on a hot day and he's sitting up on sort of a uh, a throne kind of thing and so he was royalty and he misused people in a lot of ways and sexually and so this is his karma in another lifetime where he's a kid stuck in i don't know what the situation he's stuck in bad but i hear you you know as much as this is again the paradox. We talk often about the paradox. This is the paradox here. These people, these men, who are the teachers, who bring, you know, they go gather these kids. In fact, they are, they are known for going to these uh, very, very poor uh, villages all over and gathering up kids as young as two years old to start this because the two-year-olds don't know how to find their way home. So they're they're just <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? So you've got these guys; they're dirty. So you got to understand that these men that are acting as holy teachers and doing this to kids, their day will come. Now, on one hand, they're helping these kids work through karma that they had, and the child's soul chose to be born in this circumstance because he knew that he could work through a whole pile of karma. Quickly. So let me say something about karma. Karma is the same as lessons. So when Charmaine says the child could learn through, uh, work through his karma, it's actually his soul could wake up because he's in the opposite position of perhaps he used to be. So let's say one time you're having every, you're abusing kids and having them, having sex with them and, you know, using them any way you want if you're that kind of person. And then the next lifetime, you're a kid, a vulnerable little kid, where somebody's doing that to you, so that you can fully learn the lesson and fully balance the karma. So these teachers who are actually facilitating these young boys, facilitating their lessons or karma. Life is fair. On the other hand, these teachers are generating themselves a pile of karma, for instance... It's likely in the next lifetime that they're going to be the student 
three years old getting beat right. for not being able to come up with 72 cents in a day. Is there any kind of money these uh, uh, so-called teachers, masters are making off this? Oh, $2 million a year. <laughs> in those poor countries. Yeah, because they, they, they get so many kids. Oh, my goodness. They get so many kids. Is this Muslim? Yes. Wow. Wayward Muslim. Yeah. You know, we got to tell you. I knew that would come up. <laughs> oh, I, we got to tell you. You know, we had Walid, Walid Shubat, a, a tremendous crusader for the truth. Uh, and he used to be a Muslim, and he... Uh, he divorced it, and he got his head straight. And, you know, and I'll he, tell you, that guy is so smart. You know what he uh, First of all, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you for being with us, and be sure to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on CRN. Waleed Shuba was a terrorist himself, a Muslim terrorist. Right. And he uh, married uh, a Christian woman, and he wanted, like demanded, over and over and over, that she convert to Muslim. And she said, "I tell you what, you read the Bible. If she you she can, knew his heart. Yep. If you can read the Bible, and you still want me to convert to Muslim, I'll do it." He read the Bible and went, "Oh my God, I've been duped my whole life. I've been on the wrong side." So we had him on yesterday, and he was telling us that if you go to Google, oh, go ahead. Um, let's see. So, basically, it comes down to this. And, you know, I've been uh, tuning in to Mecca for quite a while, years, to get the absolute truth of what it is. I've heard so many conflicting statements, but my strongest essence is when people go there, they get filled with a stubbornness, and there's a praying to Mecca Five days a week is what the Quran asks you to do, or insists you do as a Muslim. And if it's if it's a good energy, you're getting that good energy in you. If it's a bad energy, you're getting that bad energy. You're getting possessed by it. If you're five days a week focusing on that as if it's holy, it's coming right into you. Well, we got exposed to Mecca yesterday. And I want to say also that when I tune into people, they get more stubborn and resolved, but it didn't seem like in the light. So you would go to do your Hajj at the Mecca, and you'd come back more stubborn, resolved, but not in the light. You know, more in ego or something like that. So that's that was my... I didn't quite have it all together because there's like a big um, cloak around it that doesn't quite let you see it right. So Walid helped us see it more clearly and so he set us on a little task and uninfluenced by him we went and checked out Mecca and it is a dark 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 place and I'm sorry for the Muslim out there that I'm uh, walking on your feet but I'll tell you when Charmaine and I immediately have a repulsed reaction when we get rawly exposed to somebody or something if she does it, you know, it's probably true. If I do it, it's probably true. If both of us do it, you know, we're not even going to look back there ever again. That is a dark hole, the core of a dark religion. That is their their God place. You know, it's kind of interesting with Mecca. They uh, demand, the, the Muslims demand as one of their five pillars that you must uh, pray to Mecca five times a day. And then 
in addition to that, you have to make a trip to Mecca uh, once in your lifetime. So after having experienced this place, we discovered how dark it is, how utterly dark it is. So, um, and I wanted to compare that to Christianity because, first of all, Jesus would never ask you to pray to him five times a day. He would ask you to pray to God five times a day. Not some thing here on the planet, but God itself. Yeah. And uh, it, it's pretty amazing because he doesn't want to be on that kind of a pedestal. It's a very different experience. No, there's a holiness, and this is this is a uh, and the whole thing about the Muslim thing is you do it and you take over the world, and if they don't agree with it, you slaughter them, you kill them. The Christian goes, you go try to preach the word to everybody, and if they say no, go to the next place. Go two by two. If they say no, go to the next place. So anyway, we're going to tell you a little bit more about what happens in these Islamic schools when we come back from break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you very, very much for being with us this hour of the show. We will talk about this when we get back. Stay with us. <laughs> 